All right, people, welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast, <laughs> a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Yes, my name is Lisa Rowland. I'm Ted DeMaison. We are your hosts, and we are excited to be here for episode number 30. Yeah, we, we do this podcast because we hope that these pathways of mindfulness and improvisation help you live a life of ease, joy, freedom, spontaneity. Richness, generosity, connection. boldness, all of those things. Yeah. Every, all of it. Amen. We just hope you get something valuable that, that makes your life a little bit better. Yeah. Maybe. In some way. At some time. At some point. Yeah. And if not, we still like having you with us. So this episode is a, is a doozy, I'll say. Okay. Okay? You can say that. Because <laughs> we're taking a deep dive into a, a hard place. Yeah. Which is Ted Demison's heartbreak. We're talking about my heartbreak. Yeah. Went through a tough time this summer. Well... Beautiful and then tough. Beautiful and then tough. The more of the beauty, the harder the toughness. Yep. So we're get, we get into that and uh, share some things. It, it feels vulnerable to put it out there. Uh, so, you know, hey, be tender with me, people. But yeah. uh, I also think it's good. It's important. Yeah. And uh, the places where mindfulness and improvisation help when we're in a challenging time. Yeah. Real, real tools. And along those lines, we also want to acknowledge before we get into the heart of the podcast that... Uh, it's a challenging time for a lot of people right now. We're uh, post-Hurricane Harvey in Texas and environs there, and Irma has just swept through the Caribbean and is now, you know, bearing down on Florida. And then Jose and Katya, just this is a tough a, time for yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. And so... A lot of loss. Send love out to those people, recognize that some people have lost a lot already, some people are going to lose a lot. And maybe the things we're talking about here on this podcast can offer some context for that too. So heartbreak is one form of loss, but losing your home, losing your town, losing everything you own, that's a different level. So our hearts are with you Mm -hmm. and uh, we wish the best. And with that, we will let you continue on. On we go. Here we, uh, here's episode number 30. Enjoy. I feel like we're astronauts a little bit. I feel like I want to be buckling in. <laughs> Pressing some buttons. Boop, 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 boop. For this journey into... Yeah, heartbreak. Heartbreak. This could be a tough episode. Yeah. But it, it might not. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be cleansing, cathartic, yeah. healing. Who knows? Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, noble, noble listeners, this is episode 30 of our podcast. and uh, Under the theme, what is truly going on for us right now? That's right. We're going we're gonna to talk about what, something I'm going through, Yeah, which is a bit of heartbreak. Not a bit of heartbreak, a, a big a heartbreak. A big heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, we'll see what we got. But, you know, I want to, I, I thought it'd be helpful to talk about both because it's just helpful to talk in times like this, but also because I think that the tools that I've been using from mindfulness and improvisation have been helpful. In fact, I don't know what I, how I would, I'd be feeling without them. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, uh, mm. you know, we, we've been doing this podcast and talking about all the perspective that these two paths or traditions give us. And I think ultimately, not ultimately, maybe most importantly, or in biggest fashion, we do them so that we're prepared for times of intensity mm-hmm. so we've got the resources and the resilience to handle when the shit hits the fan right and boy oh boy have i been 
leaning on these suckers. Mm-hmm. I think it's been helping, as have contact as has contact with friends and family and yeah, so on and so forth. But I also would like to. I think there's another reason why it's cool that you're willing to talk about it and mm. that you want to talk about it, which mm. is, I think both mindfulness and improvisation require a willingness to be vulnerable. So true. And show up with what you've got and not pretend that you, not pretend you're in a different place. Yep. And, and that's what you're doing, which right. feels important mm-hmm. that, that it's like, yeah, we're, well, this is where, this is where it's at right now. Yeah. And we don't need to pretend that it's not. So true. <laughs> at any point during this podcast, I may have to do a little check-in, a little pause and say, huh, yeah, my stomach is feeling pretty twirly. Yeah. Or, oh, I've noticed I can't breathe right now. Yeah. Let me go get an aspirator. Yeah. Do I have an aspirator in the house? An aspirator? <laughs> what is that? Is that like an oxygen thing with a... Like, <laughs> Do you have that? My no. God. I don't have an aspirator in the house. <laughs> feels like if you did, it would be for some like really kind of nefarious... Yeah. Not nefarious, but like you're doing some like intense drug or something. Right. Well, yeah, right. My meth production you lab. You aspirate your meth. <laughs> Good God, you're way harder core than I thought you were. <laughs> no, I've, I've never smoked, never had a cup of coffee. And yet. But I do aspirate my meth. I do have meth. a meth aspiration <laughs> habit. <laughs> I saw, okay. I'm just desensitized myself to it the normal way. So I have to just breathe it right in. I saw something this week. Apparently you can now vape. Vitamin B12. <laughs> so an advertisement. And so it's like, no, it's not caffeine. It's not nicotine. But instead of taking a vitamin B12 shot. Vaporize it. Vape it. Just just breathe it right in. And the ad was this woman who was like totally trying to look cool. It's really bizarre. I'm like, she's just puffing vitamin Taking B12. Taking her vitamins, I guess. <laughs> oh, weird. boy. They're trying to make it look healthy. They're trying to make it healthy. I guess. Hey, it's a noble effort. Good work, marketing people. Good for them. Okay. I think it would be helpful to play a game. Okay, great. To start. Great. And then we'll launch into this sordid tale. God, fine. You games. hate games or you want to play a hate game? Do you know any hate games? <laughs> no, I, I was sarcastic. I'm trying to be sarcastic. Yeah, okay. So uh, just to review, if anybody's jumping in now, you, what you're going to hear is one of us is going to give a category. The other person's just going to say three things that fit that category. As quickly as possible. Quickly as possible. And right. they might actually not fit the category, but we're going for... Speed is the priority. Speed over accuracy. Although Ted really also enjoys quality categories. I do. He gets a little judgmental when have... the categories are not very good. <laughs> I have... Let it be known. And then I work on my judgment. <laughs> I, I, I have... A running list, I do not have it up on my computer, of excellent three things categories. Oh my God, what do you do with that list? Well, at some point, maybe I'd like to use it, but but then it's not spontaneous. <laughs> That's right. So, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, three names you would give to a guitar string. G, B, A. <laughs> three things. Three things, all right. Three, oh, three sort of bizarre themes that that calendars could have like the month like monthly calendars right what the pictures on this uh, kittens of the daily city firehouse uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the people of puerto rico and sandwiches <laughs> three Perfect. things three for what it's worth i would buy the calendar with the kittens of the daily city fire yeah. <laughs> firehouse on why it. wouldn't you yeah Three ways to stretch a piece of gum for uh, effective use. 
well, with your fingers. Mm -hmm. Attach one piece to a doorknob and another piece to a horse's tail. The third is <laughs> put them between put them between two two people. Have one person ch have one piece sure. in one end in their mouth and another person have another end in their mouth and make sure the two people don't like each other. Just back up. That's right. Yeah. Three, three things. things. Oh, three names for facial hair configurations. Oh yeah. That don't yeah fictional names. The Davenport, uh, New Orleans, eighteen sixty, and. Leave me alone. What does leave me alone look like? <laughs> That's where you you use wax to spike your facial hair so it's coming straight out off your face. Oh, God. <laughs> Three things. <laughs> Three ways to let go of a lover gently. Let go of them? Like, yeah, like it's, it's time to them? end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gently, though. Oh, in a cute little note. Mm -hmm. um, by being straightforward, honest, clear, and respectful. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, and another gentle way to to let go of a lover is uh, just after sex, before they've totally come to, <laughs> just like walk out. It's just like okay, I gotta go. Oh right, right. Shh. and just back out very gently. Maybe have some aromatherapy going. Yeah, at the time. lavender, mm -hmm. lavender, perhaps grapefruit, tea. lavender. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever does it for your particular lover. That's very gentle. I feel like we should. Yeah. I, mean, I think the let's three things. Three things. Yeah. We'll pull that to a close. All right. That was, that was good. That was good. That was helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. So Ted, what's up? Let's just start there. How you doing? Okay. Well. Yeah, it seems like that that question. How am I doing? It totally depends on what time of day you ask me. What day it is. I mean, I suppose that's always true with anybody. <laughs> but I'm. Um, having big waves so big changes yeah so how are you right now right now i feel good i feel um like i've made some progress i've i've been really really struggling for about a month should we give some context yeah i think, I think probably this, good to what, some where context. we're at in this story i'll finish that thought and then give some context so i've been feeling really good really struggling for a month and i had a big transition a couple days ago that was really hard and but it's it's over now and so now I've started to turn things around. And, and I had a really good practice this morning. So I meditated, and I did my yoga, and I did my voice work from the Patsy Rodenberg stuff I did this summer. And as part of that, I'm reading poetry mm. out loud. And I had a poem, maybe I'll share it later, that was awesome for me oh, to be reciting now. Great. Uh, and so it feels like I'm saying, okay, I am bigger and stronger and like I made space in my heart this this whole carving out has made space so here we go let's let's get to the day so I'm feeling all right right now great and there's a still lingering just pain in my heart and yeah. my belly and but yeah so here's the deal what is the deal I got introduced to somebody late May one of my buddies texted me and said hey my friend is visiting San Francisco she wants to meet you I'm like oh great uh, the idea being this, this friend had told her about you and she yeah. was like, yeah, I'd love to meet him. Yeah. And... She was out here on, on business. And so I said, great, let's do that. Uh, and, but I was thinking we we're just going to chat on the phone. I said, you know, hey, I've got a I've got a date. First date with somebody on Wednesday. So I can talk on my way to the date. That's fine. She said, oh, no, no. She wants to go on a date with you. I'm like, oh, she's tall. She's pretty. She's smart. She's funny. She does improv. Like, mm, let me cancel that other first date. This sounds great. Mm -hmm. Oh, I forgot you canceled a date for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So I did. So then we got together and we went for a great hike up at Muir Woods, up in the Redwoods, and had a blast. And we just had really wonderful conversation and lots of laughter. And uh, I, I had from the very beginning this really strong intuition of this matters. This, like from that first text from the friend who wanted to introduce me, like, boop, yeah. antenna were up. Like, yes, yes. And the whole day I felt that way. And uh, on the way back from Muir Woods, I actually said, you know, hey, I'm going, I'm going to be going back east. So this person lives back in New England. And uh, I said, I'm going to be going, driving across country this summer. I don't know if I'm going to fly or drive yet, but thinking I'd probably drive it. You know, if I had somebody to go with me, it'd be much easier to make that choice. You want to go? And she said, yeah, maybe. And I, what? what? Really? So is this early within just a couple hours had this amazing sense of, wow, we're saying yes to this. And then, you know, we came back and I made dinner and made dessert. We just had a great time. There was no, we didn't kiss or anything. It was just, you know, a lot going on. So just, but just had a great day. And then we said, well, let's think about the trip and we'll talk about it. Anyway, short version of the story. We decided to to do the trip. There were some questions about where we each were emotionally, but we decided to do it. And I went back to visit when I was seeing my family, spent a couple of days together, and we had, again, a total blast, a lot of energy, a lot of chemistry. And uh, she flew out here, and we drove across country together, and it was so great. I don't know that I've ever had a um, sustained time of saying yes in the same way. So it felt like Improv City. I mean, it, Every offer was, yeah, land, yes, and, yes, and. So we just kept building. And do we want to go to Seattle? Yeah, let's go to Seattle and we can do this along the way. Or every decision just felt really easy and we were having a great time. And I got there, uh, felt super tight. I don't know if I've ever felt as close to somebody. Well, in, in certain ways. I went to visit her my first weekend. She came down to visit me. Third weekend, we took a break because we each had things to do. And then a week later, she called to tell me she just wanted to be friends. And I was stunned. Sat like blindsided. Totally blindsided. And she didn't give me much explanation except to say that she had made a decision and she, uh, that was it. You know, she wanted to focus on, on other things and um, that this was too much and... That was all. And it was like this person I had been super close to was gone. It was this new person had replaced her. Mm -hmm. And so it was totally foreign. And And that was about a month ago? Six weeks ago, something like that. I was flabbergasted, and especially because my (laughs) I'm a verbal processor, especially in relationships. So to be cut off from that was, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. Because she wasn't interested in talking. She she didn't want to. We did talk a little bit that week. Um, I knew that she was really busy with some stuff she was doing, so I didn't want to stress her out. And I knew I was going to see her because she had my car at her house, so I had to pick up my car. And when I picked up my car, we had we had a good good conversation. It was really hard, and a lot of tears, at least for me. I really wanted to be able to say goodbye, and I really wanted to feel like she was there to say goodbye. We had been in, we talked about the second circle on the podcast before and so the whole time we'd been together we'd been in this second circle connection i felt like she'd suddenly Pulled left away. that yeah god it's so painful but i just was like i want to just can we just make this decision in second circle 
let's reconnect. Bring me into this. And, and at the very end, we were able to get there. And in fact, we thought about getting together again while I was in New England. And she said, well, yeah, let me, that might be good. Let me think about getting together and I'll call, I'll let you know. So I figured she was going to call me and talk to me and because we left in that kind of open space. And then two days later, no, three days later, she sent me a text and said, I don't want to get together. I need to take space. I'll call, I'll let you know when I'm ready to talk. Oof. So that sucked. And then it was three weeks. I didn't hear a word from her. I had no idea what she was thinking, no idea what she was, where she was going, what she was doing. And I just kept, I mean, tons and tons of tears on my side and finished up the program in New York and learned how to breathe to be able to handle wailing. W-A-I-L, not W-H-A-L-P. <laughs> Thank you. You're going to throw the harpoon. You need to know how to breathe. You're going to go poach endangered species. Yeah. No, we you got to have some good breath support behind you. We talked about uh, how to scream and how to, <laughs> how to scream. The difference between, pardon the French here, but the difference between saying, fuck you and fuck you. Yeah. You know, with a pointed like, woo, the yeah. energy, right? Yeah. Uh, I knew when we did the whaling that I was going to lose it. And of course I did. Great. Right? Uh, but that was when I started leaning on the practice. So it's like I had that voice practice, had reciting poetry, had Shakespeare. The Shakespeare that I had memorized last spring was, no matter where of comfort, no man speak. Let's talk of graves and worms and epitaphs. Make dust our paper and with rainy eyes write sorrow on the bosom of the earth. Wow. Like, You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to get through that and I was like, I can't even speak. My eyes are raining too hard. <laughs> but it's like climbing this ladder out of a hole yeah. to have that text, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was great. And so, yeah, that whole time I'm like just cycling through. I have to through. like deal with, with having no idea what's going on and no. no idea how to contextualize what might come next. And this person has taken herself out of your life. Yep. Yeah. And I found that I was just going through five feelings. The first was confusion or shock. Like, how did this happen? Where did the person I knew go? What was the change that happened in you? Yeah. What did I do? Yeah. Uh, um, this doesn't match everything I knew about her. Right. And then the second was anger. Or everything you felt with her. Yeah. Like this, like yeah, right. We were jiving, and yeah. I don't know why, like why you decided this wasn't... Yeah. yeah. So then it was anger. Like, I can't believe you did this to me, and you went against the agreements we had made with each other. Uh, I probably wouldn't have opened myself up the same way if we hadn't made those agreements. And I gave you everything, and uh, now it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then the third um, was grief. I've just... Losing something awesome. I'd waited 49 years for something like that. Yeah. And every moment was precious, and I liked it. I liked her. I liked who she is and who she's becoming. And I just had this really strong affection. And that would keep coming back, like, even with the anger and the confusion, like, yeah, but I love this person. She's amazing. Yeah. And then the fourth, oh, no, wait, so I had confusion, yeah, you got anger, it. grief. Yeah, right. Fourth was love. And then the fifth was this equanimity of like, I don't know. It comes and goes. Comes and goes. Impermanence. It'll be fine. I'm bigger than this. Life Stay is with bigger the practice. than this. Stay with the practice. Stay with the practice. Yeah. You know. And then it would come back around. That's, that's amazing. So most of the time, I just felt crappy. And like I couldn't, didn't really feel like hanging out with people, whatever. And like I was just waiting, 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 waiting. And then she sent me a text 
after three weeks and said, hey, I've been making real progress. It's been really helpful to have space. What would you like to know? And I felt this surge of possibility, like, oh, connection. Yeah. Okay. She's at least been thinking about it. She didn't just completely turn on me. And here's a possibility. And at least for connection, right? So, okay. So then I wrote questions and I said, I've got a zillion questions, but I'll do three. What have you been feeling? Like, what's your process been? What discoveries have you made in the meantime? And what do you want to do going forward? And then also, what do you want to know from me? It was kind of like a bonus question, which I'm sure she really wanted at that point. Ooh, good. Another question. (laughs) And she immediately texted me back and said, okay, let me think about these. I'll get back to you. So it felt like, all right. She didn't just ignore that. Right. So now we're in process. I figured maybe it was going to be four days or five days. Well, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Two weeks. And I, for several days, was just dying to know. And I'm like, should I say something? Should I not? And eventually, I sent her a note and I said, you know, hey, uh, can we talk? It would really help me understand what's going, understand on. What's going on. And she wrote me back and she said, uh, I don't want to answer those questions. I've said everything I want to say many times. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I was so angry. Oh, my God. Because uh, I thought, you haven't said anything. We haven't talked for a month. What are you talking about? Yeah. But then I said, you asked me questions and, uh, you know, I'm just sounds like last time we spoke, you said you wanted to be friends. Now it sounds like you don't want to have any connection at all. And she texted back and said, I don't want to be friends anymore. <sighs> mm. And here we are. And here we are. And that was a few days ago. Yesterday. That was a couple days ago. A couple days ago. Yeah, so then... Uh, I really wanted to have a conversation. I was like, you know, can we just at least, can you just at least say this to my face? Mm-hmm. Um, but she sent me an email and in very curt terms certain, said, certain terms. I don't want to have any relationship with you. Don't ask me any questions. I'm done talking to you. She did say, I enjoyed the trip and I will be glad for those memories. And she said, thank you for your understanding. <laughs> thank you for your understanding and best wishes. Mm. And so I wrote back. I said, yeah, that sucks. I hear you. Message received. Uh, Just so I, we're clear. I won't ask you any questions, but so we're clear, I do not understand. I don't understand. You don't yeah. have my understanding yeah. on this. And so then I just outlined all these things. But that's the saga. Yeah. And so I'm still in the midst of it. I'm Your reading. heart's been wrung, wrung out a it's little. It's been like phew, shattered. Yeah. And, you know, there's a great quotation from Khalil Gibran. Are you familiar with the, yeah. the prophet? And he's, they ask, he's a prophet that's speaking to his people, and they ask him to speak about joy and sorrow. Maybe I've said this on the podcast. He says, sorrow is the knife that carves the lute of the heart so that it can make music. Mm-hmm. It carves the, sp- the space that the knife makes, that the knife of sorrow makes, is what allows music to play. Yeah. So I've tried to hold on to that uh, as an image and then just really stay with my practice. Like, okay. Uh, and, and for most of that month, six weeks, my practice was um, allow my feelings. Just when I'm having a feeling, let it be there. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, I'm feeling sad right now. And would you explore that feeling or simply name it or simply notice it or That's sit with question. it or look at it or 
what like what then? Yeah, Say I'm right. feeling sad right now, and yeah. then what? If I was feeling sad, my hope would be that I would cry mm-hmm. to physically release it and have it pass through, like a wave pass through my system. If I was angry, sometimes I'd call a friend and just ask them to commiserate and like be able to say out loud. Yeah. Almost every day I wrote her a letter in mm-hmm. my journal that I didn't send. But <laughs> it's funny because I've got whatever, 30 letters in there of all different flavors and varieties. Um, sometimes they'd be really loving. Like, here are all the things I think are great about you. Here are all the reasons that I was inspired by our time together. Here's, you know, what I wish we could do in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of letters. And then other times it'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? And who do you think you are? And I don't care what kind of pain you're in. This is not who you profess to be. And I deserve and better. And I deserve better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, writing is great for me. I think some people who are more extroverted like to talk about it. It's been helpful to be able to talk to to friends, like the conversations you and I have had and mm-hmm. other friends I've had, my family. Sometimes, though, it's not helpful to talk to other people. Mm. There are some people who I speak with. I saw somebody at uh, at improv show last week, and they're like, well, you'll get over it, or, oh, no. or oh, there are other fish in the sea, oh, or you know, this kind no, no. of like, cliche. I'm like, um... I don't, that's not what I need. Uh, yeah, I don't need you to say that. Yeah. Because it feels, it has felt like, it doesn't feel like it right now, but it has felt like, no, there's not other fish in the sea. I wanted that fish. Yeah. That was a freaking great fish. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, you might believe more that. Right. But Maybe. it's not the time. It's not the time. <laughs> it feels like the and whole, don't worry, it'll get better, is like generally not. <laughs> generally not what not, grieving people need to hear. Not what, not what grieving people need to hear. Yeah. And there's one of the helpful things about Buddhism and, and meditation practice to say, maybe it won't get better. Yeah. It might not. You know, it might not. So. Yeah. And then what? And so then what? So, so then, then how what? do we live in the moment we're in? That's right. Not knowing what is going to happen in the future. Yeah. Could stay the same, could get better, could get worse. Right. Who knows? Yeah. So it's been an interesting question to me to notice with both improv and mindfulness what happens when we get attached? Yeah. Right? So a lot of mindfulness and Buddhism is about not being attached. Our suffering comes from our attachment. Mm -hmm. That you can have pain. If you're not attached to it being different than how it is, then you don't suffer. Right. You just have the pain. Right. So, okay. And yet, I think that a lot of what makes love great is attachment. Right. Is like, no, I'm committing to you. And that means I do expect you to be around. Yeah. And, and you and, can expect me to be around. And the mutual platform we're building... That feels gi- really good. Gives feels us feels so good yeah, to do that. Gives us space to do something else and yeah. create something together. So I think that had the process of ending been differently, if she had said, you know what, I can't do this. I've got too much else going on. I've got too much from my past that's in the way. My heart doesn't feel ready for this. If she had said that, I would still be grieving, but I wouldn't be angry and I wouldn't be confused. Yeah. And it'd be like, all right, let's sort it out together. But or, or she might say, and I and I need to sort this out alone. And and right? even, like, even that like, I could yeah yeah even that like I could it understand. may have it still right. ended up in a I need to not I actually need to not be connected to you right because it's too confusing for me yeah and I need you to respect that right, right. like and that is not a truth you would want but it's clear and it's kind and at least would be yeah acknowledging 
friendliness or some sort of remorse. I didn't get any remorse. Mm-hmm. Or I should say I haven't at this point. I don't expect it. Yeah. There was no, no acknowledgement of no life. Acknowledgement I'm sorry of, it has to be this way or I'm sorry it is this way. Or... Yeah. So, you know, it, it's the kind of personal hurt I haven't felt in a long time. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt that kind of investment. It was all that yes. I mean, spending 20 days in a row with somebody. It's wild. In a car, <laughs> you know, where you're super friendly and super intense and sharing so much. That's a lot of, that's a lot of uh, interweaving. Investment. Yeah. A lot of interweaving. So I don't know what will be next. It's like distilled. Mm-hmm. It's just like distilled dating. That's a great. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. We had even talked about. Uh, we had talked about writing a little book about how to get to know somebody, how to you know how to build a relationship when it's you know starting. Well, the last chapter of that book is just different now. <laughs> here's how you get to know. Here's yeah. how you get to know somebody. Colon a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! So Spoiler alert: It doesn't uh, go well. One of the, okay, so a lot. One of the things I thought we did beautifully. I was so proud of myself and us for doing this. When we were like just preparing to go on the trip, we shared questions with each other. We each wrote responses to these questions. The questions were: What should you be careful about with me? Like buyer beware. You should know this about me. This is something like mm, it's a little bit of a risk for you to. Beginning for to you know to me. Get, get on board with, with right. this, yeah. And so one of those for me was, hey, you know, I still have some feelings from my previous relationship. I'm still sorting out. I don't know how those are going to play into it, but just be aware of that, right? So mm-hmm. that was one of them. The second was, hey, here are three things I'd ask you to be tender about with me that are... Treat this with care. Treat this with care, yeah. Third thing was, here's something, here are three things you can absolutely trust with me. Always rely on them. They'll always be there. So for me, it was like a willingness to engage with what's true. And then the last one was, um, what can you just sort of let your guard down and anytime you want to do this or say this, I'm on board. feel free. Mm-hmm. And so we each wrote those answers to those questions and we shared them. I was like, that feels like a really healthy way. That's awesome. To start Use that again. Connection. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will. And then, and then that was part of what felt the violation was that those didn't get honored. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Yeah. And so uh, I, coming back around. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, this not this non-attachment and the weird tension between, but it's really, it feels really good to get attached to somebody. <laughs> like it feels, feels really good in that process of attaching mm-hmm. and the process of, of putting a stake in, in someone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, putting a stake, Putting his, yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> putting in the stake vampire through somebody's sort of heart. Way. That's kind of where I feel. I know. You know, that is like an interesting tension. The improv equivalent of non-attachment, I think, is recognizing that we don't know the story that we're in. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know how it goes. And, mm-hmm. our, and we have this illusion of knowing what story we're in mm-hmm. and having an idea of how it goes. And, and those stories could be the story of our lives or it could be the story of a relationship. You know, our big stories made up of little chapters, little stories right. that all lead into the next. And we get momentum moving in a particular direction and we kind of start to tell the story. You know, we start to t- tell the arc of that story, whether it's the story of the chapter or the big one or whatever. And just in the same way that we do in a long form improv yeah. play. 
because we have an idea of where it's going. And we ju- and the pain comes from getting too rooted in this idea that we know where it's going. Right. And if we can kind of pull back and be like, oh, wow, this is how my story goes, huh? Yeah. I didn't see that coming. It, and there's then it can be jarring and like and unwelcome, but there's a the surrender that is implied in recognizing that maybe you don't know how the story goes, right? And recognizing that it's part of a bigger story that we're not at the end yet of, can, I think is a comforting way of looking at hard things. Sure. And that's certainly been true for me when I've been in hard parts. Is like, oh, I'm just in the really sad part of the story right now. Hmm. The part this is it's not a full sad story. But it's a sad part of this story. It's really sad part. Yeah. yeah, it's it seems like it's easier in an improv scene to let go. You're like, oh right, that other person doesn't have the same reality. They, they're not seeing the scene, seeing the scene in the same way that I am. And so when they change it, it's like, oh okay. Oh, where are we going? But you're still going with them in an improv scene, right? And in this, yeah. And this was a, an, an abandonment. And you know, but if you sort of, look at life as the other partner, right? If you look at life as your scene partner, okay, and or reality, right? And so reality makes an offer that you're like, wait, what? Wait, we break up? That's not the, but that's not the story that I thought. Life was like, I know, I know, but that's I know. where I thought about that. That's yesterday. my offer. I was thinking about that either yesterday or this morning, actually. Like, what if when she first said to me, "Okay, I just want to be friends," I had said, "Okay." You know, in a kind of, oh, that's where the scene, like you just said, that's where the scene's going now? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what comes next? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I think I would have been like a saint or somehow... Superhuman. Superhuman in order to do that. But then maybe it could have been more curious. I imagine that my angst and pain and drama, you know, the, I was having strong feelings, but that intensity made it harder for her made her wall greater because mm-hmm. she didn't want to be vulnerable. But if I had just been like, oh, all right. In fact, <laughs> that was one of the things that really stunned me was at the end of that very first conversation that night, she said, you know, I thought, I actually thought that you weren't going to have a problem with this. I thought it was going to be, I thought you were going to be fine. I'm surprised. No, she said, I'm surprised you're so upset. I thought you would be okay with this. With being friends. Yeah, with transitioning that. That you, you know, you were going back home to California and it wouldn't be a big deal. She thought you were on the same page about where the scene was going. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I I was like, um, no, that's not where I am. Yeah. But, you know, had I had the the wherewithal, I don't know wherewithal is the wrong word, but if I had, I had the perspective to just be like, okay, that's where we are. Let's go from there. Let's, let me adjust to that. And not to say that it would, right. I mean, this tone of like, oh, friends, okay. It's not how you were feeling. So it's not like all options are equal to your heart. Right. But I wonder if there is a, if there, right, if there's a way without the casual like, oh, okay, yeah, friends, sure, great. Just as good as anything else. But if there was like a, oh, you want to be friends. It's not what I wanted. I need time to adjust to that. Right. right? And without pushing against it then we come to this question of like when do you fight for it when do you not and like and that, aspiration and acceptance right it's like yes. do you just accept this or do you say that's about i was well, not you know like how do you honor where you are yeah that's it's, a huge question yeah and that was actually one that i literally asked 
I said, you know, I'm of two minds here. I think this was midweek after that initial conversation before we met in person. I said, part of me says to just let it go and to let you have the space you need and trust that whatever emerges will emerge and do that as a kindness. And part of me is like, hell no, fight for this. Mm -hmm. This, th There's something here and don't buy into her fear and uh, stay present and, you know, be gallant and fierce. This is the, this is a real thing here. Fight for it. And she said, I wouldn't recommend you fight for it. I'm not budging. And she was right. She was right. She was telling you the truth. As, as unthinkable as that was to me, like for, you know, I was like, I can't believe you're saying you're not budging. That's what? But, well, but, yeah, but, but there then, was. But then if she has done her work, and figured out where she is. I can understand being impressionable mm -hmm. and swayable. Right. Yeah. And so if I've done hard work, and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. No, I get you. So, I, yeah. But like if I've done hard work to figure out where, I'm at, where I am and what I need, and you're like, oh, be curious about how you feel. I'm like, no, I've been curious about how I feel. Right. This is it. This is how I feel. Yeah. The end. And like, if you start pull, pulling, like pulling me in this other direction, I may go there, but I need to draw a hard line because yeah. I know what is true for me. Yeah. I would, I would buy that after a month, but when it was immediately on the heels of having been so close and tight mm -hmm. to have made a decision like that, that you aren't budging from when we didn't even talk about it. Right, right, right. It's like, come on. Yeah. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, you know, sure. And, and if you feel impressionable, then probably best not to be talking it through. and With the person who really wants you to feel a different way. That's right. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. That's really hard. Okay, in retrospect. Yeah. This is, a, this is a stupid question to ask because you will never be in this position again. Probably. Exactly like this. <laughs> but maybe you'll be in some position like this again. Do you think if you were faced with a similar set of circumstances... And the person was like, you know what? This is too much. I want to be friends. Would you back off? Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with that question. Hmm. Where did you think I was going? I thought you were going to say, would you do? Would you start? Oh no. Um. No, like having gotten to where you got, and then she makes this crazy sort of quick twist, and is like, I can't. We gotta. We gotta call this no, off. I would have. I would have fought for at least the transition. Part of part of the problem here was that we just had very different ways of saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. She admittedly, she said, "I'm terrible at saying goodbye." This was before she broke up with me. The last time she had left New York City. God, all this foreshadowing. Now I know. we look back and it's like, oh god. She said, "I'm terrible at saying goodbye." And I was like, "All right, well, here are the things that are really important to me for saying goodbye." Reviewing what's happened. This telling stories about what's happened and saying thank you and having some sort of tangible recognition of this is done and like a, a hug or a kiss or handshake, I looking in the eyes, yeah, whatever. A little ceremonious, ceremonial moment. Yeah. And in those that conversation we had at, when I picked up my car, we got three of those. We didn't get to the thanks, but we did review the things that had happened. Like we went over things that we did together. That was great. And um, we sat together on her futon for a few minutes, and that really meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to exchange thanks, so that felt undone. Mm -hmm. 
But um, would I? No, I don't think I would just let it go. Because I, I think it was worth fighting for. And I, I, yeah, I didn't want to just give up. I wouldn't have wanted to leave and say, you know what? I didn't try. It could have been. Well, yeah, but I tried. And didn't happen. Yeah. An interesting question is, would I have done that trip again? You know, like there's part of me that feels like, you know what? I kind of wish I hadn't even gone there. That's a very, very rare feeling for me. Because usually I'm like, I'd rather love, I'd rather have loved and lost than never have loved at all. Do you feel like you wish this had never happened? Part of me does. Wow. Yep. Because it was, I, I went that deep. And if I knew that it was going to get to this, where it's like, there's no connection anymore, it makes me doubt what happened. Yeah. I go back and I read through our texts and I read through things she sent me and said to me and the photos we have and the legacy we have of the trip. And I think, no, it was real. Yeah. So, so this, this, it feels like there's a resonance here with mindfulness Great. as well, because there is, you could ruminate forever. Mm -hmm. And you will never have more information than you have. Yep. What you felt, what is true now, those things don't seem to agree, but they are part of the story. Yep. They're all ha they have all happened. Yep. What you felt was real, right? What is happening now is real. <laughs> it's yep. all real. They're all parts of the story. Yep. Right? There seems to be some sort of holding all of the truths yeah. practice yes. of letting go of what you can't know any more about. Right. And how do you do that? So how do you do that? Yeah, and how, right? do you, how do you come back to, well, I want to be in an open-hearted open relationship again. Yeah, and I want to be in an open-hearted place and open to other people. And the last time you did that, it didn't go well for you. Right. Or it went well, it, and then it didn't. It, yeah. At this point, it feels like it did. Right? I mean, it's yeah. also like, I think if I asked you that question of like, do you wish you had never gone a month from now? It may be a different That's answer. Right. Yep. Or six weeks from now, it's like the story is so not done. Yeah. You're still in the like... I remember just after I broke up with somebody and I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, well, I think you just need to realize that you're in no position to make decisions about anything right now. Like you yeah. are just impaired Yes. because you are not dealing with reality. You're dealing with the like fucking tidal wave of emotions that you are being right. bandied about by. And there's no, there's like, and that's okay. Yeah. But let's recognize that, yeah. you know? And I appreciated that because I was like, oh, God, great. I'll just like put everything on hold and like not try to make mm -hmm. decisions about whether I should get in more contact or if I should have done this differently or whatever. It was like, yeah. just wait and you'll, it'll all calm out later. Yeah. So, I, right. Anyway, all that is to say mm -hmm. the, these sort of peaks and valleys and mostly valleys right now of emotion may very well feel different a week that's a good point. Two weeks from now, three yeah. weeks from now, yeah. six weeks from now, certainly, let alone six months from now when you look back and it's like, huh. Yeah. And there may be some little, still little like thorn in your heart about it. But there will also be so many other things that have happened between now and right. then that, that will so true. help build something else, a, 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 a cushion around that. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like that's a get right. That's like another part of recognizing that this is one piece of a larger story. It's kind of its own story, but it's also a plot yeah. point in a much bigger story that you just don't know what happens next in. One of the things I learned about myself, again, is that I'm kind of a, I'm slow to move, but then once I get going... It's hard to change. Mm -hmm. And so that happened in my previous relationship I was in for five years. Like, it took a long time to build this deep love, but then it was really there. And then when that relationship ended, it was like, 
Ah, it took me two and a half years. It took, took me till this, really. To get out of it. To fully feel like I'm, okay, I think I'm done with that. Yeah, I'm like, clits, I cleaned out of me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And with this one, all of that yes saying accelerated that mm, yeah. in a different way. And then it stops so suddenly and I'm like, I'm still... Spinning. I'm still, you just got thrown from it. I'm still loving you more. Yeah. Like, I love you more now than I did six weeks ago like when we were still steam. together. Yeah. Like one of those toys that you spin, 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 and then just put it on the floor and it keeps going down the hallway. Yeah. Um, but I also had the thought this morning of... Until it comes crashing into a wall or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> of, of, I think it has uh, injured my ability to trust. I'm going to have to do some practice around that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I really thought this was something. something. Yeah. And here was this person that I really trusted and... I don't often trust somebody with my heart and they didn't honor it. Like even that person can't, it can switch on a dime. And that's not the first time that's happened to me. Interesting to check that pattern. Hmm. What in me, that's a, yeah. Another question is like, what in me is creating this? What in me does this to myself? Mm-hmm. Is there a part of me that cuts either cuts other people off or cuts part of myself off? I'm like, no, I won't talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I do that. You know, I haven't found a yes answer to that yet, but it seems like something in me is getting reflected in the outer world. Yeah. But I would love to share one of those poems with you. Yes, please. Yeah, I've got them. There are two poems. Let's do it. So the first is from a guy named David White. Oh, yeah. Awesome poet. Awesome poet. He lives up on Whidbey Island in Washington, and he's Welsh. He's got this great accent and he has this manner of, when he reads poems, he repeats lines and words so you really hear them again and again and it sinks in. I don't think I'll do that with this. Maybe I'll read it twice. But he's really, really bright guy and he writes these stunning poems. But um, I was his neighbor for a couple of years and so I'd, he was friends with a friend and we'd have dinner and had dinner at his house one time. And it's really nice. But so whenever I read his poetry, I I feel that particular affinity and then... This is a poem that I used to teach with my ninth graders when we read Secret Life of Bees, and there's a character who struggles with sorrow. She feels all the pains of the world. Her name is May. And uh, so we would read this poem when we were talking about May. Hmm. It's called The Well of Grief. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief, turning downward through its black water to the place we cannot breathe, will never know the source from which we drink, the secret water, cold and clear, nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins thrown by those who wished for something else. Mm. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief, turning downward through its black water to the place we cannot breathe, will never know the source from which we drink, the secret water, cold and clear, nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins thrown by those who wished for something else. Mm. That's oh, nice. Isn't that good? So, do you yeah, buy it? I do. Great. I totally buy it. That and seems like good solace. Yes, I am willing to slip beneath the still surface. And the line that has got me in this was the place we cannot breathe. I just that's what I felt like mm-hmm. for most of the last month, right? But I'm I'm getting to a source of Secret water. Mm-hmm. That's impossible to get to otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Thank you, David White. And then this is the one that I did this morning. 
So I, again, doing this as part of my vocal practice. So I do like the warming up and seeing how long I can sustain my breath. Today, I surprised myself. I got up to 35 seconds on a breath. Wow. It's like great that you live alone. <laughs> yeah, no. And Look, don't have somebody right. living Luna, right above you. That you Luna can... thinks I'm just meowing. I'm like, me, me, mamo, moo. She's like, oh, it sounds like my language. <laughs> so I get to the end of it and I do some tongue twisters. Which witches wear Swiss wristwatches and which witches wear Irish wristwatches? Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so then I get to doing poetry at the end to see how that goes. So this is... Rainer Maria Rilke, who's a German poet, and this is translated by Anita Barrows and Joanna Rainer Mason. Rainer Maria Rilke. Rainer Maria Rilke. Yeah, I would not okay. read it with Continue. German accent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Joanna Macy, we've mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, what about her? Why well, did you bring her up? Because she was translated this. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Beautifully, I might add. Well done, Miss Macy. And the titles in the, this, these poems are all the first line, but in... German, it's Ich glaube an alles noch nie gesagte. German friends, I apologize. <laughs> but this is it. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this is arrogant, God, forgive me, but this is what I need to say. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back, the way it is with children. Then, in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you as no one ever has, mm. streaming through widening channels into the open sea. That's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. <laughs> If this is arrogant, God, forgive me, but this is what I need to say. Yeah. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back the way it is with children. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah, this is what I need to say. Boom, there it is. It also feels like it, with the regards to that question of how will I trust again, mm -hmm. it feels like you do what you do. Mm-hmm. Like let Carry what on. you like you do your thing, mm -hmm. and you are a trusting, loving human being. Yeah. Right. So it's like, don't let her kill that. Yeah. Don't let her. St st don't let rather. Don't let your experiences with her, stymie that part of you. Yeah. Because then the the effects are way greater than yeah. your pain. Yeah. Because you keep yourself from other people. That reminds me. Um, and maybe maybe we'll put this on the end of the podcast. Um, the last time that I had a heartbreak and I fought for it was, I don't know, 98 or something. But when somebody left me, she came back from a trip and said, I need to just be friends. And I thought, nope, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I think we've got more story to tell. And I wrote a song mm. and it's called I Will Not Fade. And, you know, it goes through each of the courses a little bit different. It's like, you know, you say you, you say you've turned away, you know. But the, the end of the course is this open love is what we've come here for. And in the last verse, it's like, well, you left, but I will not fade away mm -hmm. because this open love is what I've come here for. Like, this yeah. is what I'm here on the planet for. Yeah. I will not fade. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm doing it. Yes, yes, yes. And you get to be the way you want to be in this right. world. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be open hearted. Yeah. So 
maybe this sucks. I'm going to choose to be open-minded. And it feels like, yeah, it feels like no one guaranteed that your open-heartedness would be met with the same. That's right. And and that's where that okay, I always it always feels trite to like be like it's like an improv, but that's like I guess kind of what we're here that's for. Kind of what so, the podcast is, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> How so, is it like improv, Lisa? So I'll just say <laughs> that it's like you sign up for the shitty scenes by agreeing to do improv. Right. <laughs> that and that by agreeing to love and by agreeing to be vulnerable on the face of this earth, you sign up for the pain that comes with yep. that. Yep. And so you're getting what you signed up for. And and in improv, it's like, I have come to this place where you are not guaranteed a successful scene. And don't and and you though we do not live in a just universe mm-hmm. <laughs> where where you are oh you are not entitled to a successful scene. You are not owed a successful scene. So your job is to show up on stage and step out and do the work. Mm-hmm. And the work, right, of improv is like, be present, name your partner, be in a space object environment, like yeah. care, decide to care. Like the, that's our work. That's the work that we do. Right. And then the sort of more often and better you do that, then the more likely it is that you'll have a successful scene, but they still go shitty. Yep. And if just because they went shitty, I decided that I was going to turn into a shitty improviser and only go for laughs. That's not the way to do it either. It's yeah. like you show up and you do the work. And then you take what comes. Yep. And it's a very it's like momentary, like right now, all I need to do is name you. Right. But that, that's my work. That's the, that's the kind of improviser I want to be. Yeah. And you also sign up for the things are going to change. Yeah. If you want to accept reality. Right. If you want to fight it, you're probably going to lose anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's my story for now. Keep your heart open. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe not right now. Well, it'll... Like, let it do what it wants for a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. You know? We'll see. Like, yes, takes you on adventure. No, keeps you safe. Right. Maybe, Maybe safety is safe the thing right, right now, you know? We'll so, like, that's okay. That's also we'll not necessarily... Doesn't need to be fought. I am using it as, you know, I've got motivated. I've got 12 poster-sized sheets up around my living room right now with all these things about, like, who am I? What is my work in the world? Getting, trying to get clear on this stuff, and uh, it's been good for that. Great. Good focus. Awesome. So there it is. Get some work done. Yeah, I hope that I hope that's interesting for other people. Thanks for sharing it. It's a little therapeutic for me, so good. thanks for indulging me. Good. Maybe uh, someone out there is having a heartbreak. So there we have it. All right. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that's helpful for other folks. Yeah. Again, be well, people. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. We're delighted to have you with us, and uh, until the next time. See you next time. The sad story of Ted de Maison at the moment. At the moment, but it's a it's a changing story. It's a changing story. There's there will, more to this story. There will be a new chapter. We'll keep you updated. Sunshine, bright horizons, and then or, darkness again. Or maybe different kinds of clouds. Maybe eclipses. It'll get different. It'll get different. Okay. Okay. So yeah. thanks for listening, as always. Yeah. And I uh, I like where we ended that. I like where we ended that podcast. What did, you, what did you like about it? The bit about you just gotta, you gotta do you. Mm-hmm. And you can't let this bad experience sour who you wanna be in the world mm-hmm. and how you wanna be in the world. Mm-hmm. 
One of the things I'm pulling from, drawing from the podcast as well as, as I have been this month, but ending with the poetry and talking about the song that I wrote, is the way that forms can help us when we're in challenging times. Mm, yeah. You know, so it's like whether it's, whether it's something written yeah. or whether it's improv practice or mindfulness practice, that we lean on these things and, and again, we make them available to ourselves. <laughs> Keep your poetry library or whatever it is your store of chocolate I guess for some people they have wine right but like what are the things you lean on when it gets tough yeah and then lean on them yep use them go get them and uh, it's not not to avoid the moment although sometimes you need to distract yourself and that's and sometimes that's very healthy it allows you to stay afloat so you can get back into the swing of things and the truth is when the when the thing that's going to make you feel better is time right you just got to wait for that wait for it wait for it that's a Hamilton reference. You're willing to wait for it. Uh, yes. So there so it is. Anyway, okay, there it is. So, uh, dear Monster Baby listeners, thank you for listening. As always, if you've got something to say, send it to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Yeah, if you want to share a tale of woe or a tale of delight, feel free. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, hey, we don't have the official sign-up yet to go for, but mark the dates, June 8th to 13th mm-hmm. on the coast of Maine. We're going to do another Monster Baby Retreat. You get to play and meditate and have a good time. Special place, special people, special food. It's, yeah. uh, you want to join us. So save the date. Oh, and hey, remember that song Ted mentioned that he wrote last time he fought for a relationship? We tagged that onto the end of the podcast, so keep it rolling if you want to hear it. It's called I Will Not Fade. It's a song I wrote in 1997 on Whidbey Island, where David White, the poet, is from. But send a note. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, spread the word if you would. Write mm-hmm. a review on iTunes. It helps other people reach us. We'll and see we you next time. Expand the family. Yeah. Was this episode number 30? Number 30 it was. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Happy anniversary. Later. Ciao. in a dream Standing in the shadows of a waking hour and gone Are you real? Can I feel what my heart is saying now? Will you be gone in the rush of a lifetime lived in fear? Oh no Don't you turn away now Shadows are dark and long but I stand here still Oh, we will not fade in the nighttime Oh, my love, this is what we've come here for Na, 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 na There's a magic here More than we know a circle of stones over ancient bones on a misted moor Can you feel how we heal? Look into each other's eyes Lovers of old braided souls from a distant star Oh no, I don't want to turn away now 
I breathe in again One more time alive My love will not fade in the night time Can't you see this is what we've come here for Na 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 can't you see this is what we've come here for autumn closes in and you say you've changed a ruby and gold falling in the cold of a love gone bare i let go though i know then my heart will stay behind Calling me to find what is truly mine And what must stay yours Oh no, so you've turned away now You breathe out again One more time alone Oh, but I will not fade in the night time This open love is what I've come here for Na 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 na. This so loves what I've come here for. I will not fade. I will not fade. I will not fade into the nighttime. No. This so loves what I've come here for. Thank you.